Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Samoa Joe is your number one contender for MJF's AEW Heavyweight Championship. LA Knight talks to Paul Heyman. Becky Lynch is your new NXT Women's Champion. Nia Jax is back to hurt people in shoot style and kayfabe style. And we have your PWI 500. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. All right. Yeah, a little bit better. I, I think having Zach be a part of the pie would be good. Yeah, I'll ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Malcolm in the Miro. And sitting directly <laughs> across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Engine, engine number 9 on that beefer transit line. If my train jumps off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Back on the scene, crispy and queen. I can go on with some black sheep, but I'll leave the rest alone. You should know the words and sing along at home. And on that lovely note, I'll ask their congregation to bow their heads as I read for the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 325, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saying, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. I'm with Bill. Interesting week week of wrestling. Started off slow, but picked up a lot of steam towards the end. And out the train reference. There in Portland, Oregon, we have three beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on? Three beers, Zach. Beer for Weston House. Oh, man, not much. Uh, Can't believe I watched all the wrestling in between all the hours I spent on Starfield. Uh, If you have an Xbox and Game Pass, I highly recommend. Um, It's so chilly. Is my gamer tag? So, what's your gamer uh, tag? Yeah, Bruiser weight. It's like, but with a B R E W, like Man. brew, as in beer. Working for a beer company, playing video games, going to stand up sets, performing over mics, becoming a fucking bona fide rock star. We got Zach Paul. He's on his way out. Bye-bye, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> we are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Vice will be joining us here in a little bit. And when he gets here, I'm going to say to him, What up, turd? <laughs> <laughs> I popped oh, so Jesus, man. fucking hard. I don't know why when, they keep doing the hangman like that. When Swerve said that to Hangman Page. One of my mar- my markup moments of the week. <laughs> And it was a pretty good week of wrestling. You know, sometimes there's not all that much going on. But then, uh, you know, last night we had uh, Strong Dynamite and the PWI 500 comes out. Lots to talk about, uh, especially the the top ten there. Uh, the top three especially. I have a ton to say. Um, but you might have guessed that. Let's get to this three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. Fuck it. I'm a, we said dealer's choice. I'm just going to stick to my guns. We're going to talk WWE, but I want to talk NXT first. The only reason I want to talk NXT first is because someone between the three of us, not mentioning any names, but he lives out in Portland, Oregon, actually said that this might have been the best show of the week. And once I saw that on our text thread, I was like, okay, 
this this is something we need to be talking about. So we're going to talk NXT first before we get to the main roster. We're going to kick it off with the curtain jerker. Uh, winner of this gets uh, Carmelo Hayes at No Mercy. You had Ilya Dragunov versus uh, Wes Lee. Uh, I thought this was a really good curtain jerker, especially if you were someone that didn't was watch coming to watch for Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was the main event, and they kind of did they set this whole thing up the way that they did the week before with uh, Gunther or whatever, and uh, with all around the IC title, they did the same thing with Becky all around with the uh, NXT Women's title. Every chance they got, it felt like you know they were hyping up the main event, and this was a good way to start the show off. Ilya Dragunov wins this match, becoming the number one contender for. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, Wesley, basically distraught at this point. I, this is where I was waiting for him to actually flip heel because it kind of felt like he was going to do it. Carmelo Hayes felt like he's going to do it now presently, but time will tell either way. I was waiting for him to attack Dragunov, but he just quietly exits the ring, which was a bit of a surprise, but still babyface nonetheless. The forearms that he took, he being uh, Wesley from Dragunov, I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, the last one to finish the match, that was the one. I was just like, okay, now Wesley gets up from this. This is going to be some shit. Nonetheless, doesn't get up. Dragunov wins and becomes the new number one contender. Well, I shouldn't say the new, but a repeat number one contender. So they're going to run that back at No Mercy. I believe that's at the end of the month. So that should be real interesting to see how that one plays out. No trick uh, Williams in the corner for Carmelo Hayes, which was a, a point of controversy in their first match um i want to see how this one plays itself out I, I would assume that carmelo would retain but we got a couple of weeks to build that up before we get there zach what you think about the curtain jerker on nxt this week dude i i love Ilya. first of all his last name is very close to jack and all so <laughs> big fan secondly there's few things in life that are certain there's death there's taxes, and there's the Ilya Dragunov going to have a fucking dope match. Have you ever, I'll like put this question out here, have you ever seen a less than stellar Ilya Dragunov match? No. I have not. He's the fucking Tomohiro Ishii of NXT. Mm. Damn. He makes everybody look great, and he has four-star plus matches every time he's out there. He sells like a motherfucker. He's, he's the best. He's the best guy on that whole brand, I would say. And there's some good guys on there and gals. Yeah. Anyway, I, I loved it. Yeah, I think that Ilya Dragunov is, I mean, one of the best guys in WWE proper. Uh, he's unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of like, in terms of where he is, he's kind of more like the new Walter or the new Gunther because Gunther was the guy, Walter was the guy that was in NXT that we were always like, this guy, all he does is have banger after banger after banger. And then he even had one banger with Ilya Dragunov, and now that's the way we think about Dragunov. So this was really good, and it was also really good because it set up a story to be told throughout the rest of the show considering Wesley. NXT is really like, you know, you know, like Tender Mahal always tells us, it's a TV show. NXT is like actually a TV show. Like it, it has stories that run throughout, kind of the way the Attitude Era Raws used to. Um, which makes sense because Shawn Michaels, it is kind of his baby. But, yeah, 
this was fucking awesome. And like Jason said, if you were tuning in for Becky Lynch in the title match, this was a good thing to see first. I thought they put their best foot forward, like, throughout this entire show. Um, there was a couple, you know, weird NXT things. It's kind of a campy show in general, but uh, they really did a great job. They were like, hey, we're going to get a lot of viewers. And they did. They had uh, great ratings. But they, they really put on a fucking excellent, like, two-hour fucking show here. Uh, what else stuck out to you? Um, really, more like just how, qu- not even how quick, but just for two hours, if you wanted to compare Dynamite to NXT, just how things are presented. It's quick, and we move on. Braun Breaker, Von Wagner was the next uh, clip where they showed more of the destruction of uh, Braun busting up uh, Von Wagner, sending him to the hospital. So then Corbin comes out, calls out Braun Breaker. They set up their No Mercy match. So, I mean, within like 10 minutes, you had another match set up for No Mercy. The six-man tag, it kind of was what it was. Uh the uh the born kid Matt Born is that his name? Yes. Okay. So I kind of thought that I said it on Twitter. I was like I would laugh my ass off if he flips on Briggs and Jensen, and of course he flips on Briggs and Jensen. So in that scenario, it was, I can't say it was predictable, but it was like they treated the dude like shit, and the dude that gets treated like shit comes back and helps the guys that treated him like shit. True baby, oh, true heel shit. Neither here nor there. Outside of that, I thought, and one of my biggest complaints about the. AEW is the women's division. This is the complete opposite of it. Multiple segments. You're setting up a women's breakout tournament where you had the winner from last year, Roxanne, basically sell the story of how she won it, how that summer, not summer, sorry, but catapulted her better choice to words to NXT tag tiles and then ultimately being the NXT women's title. Uh, something to talk about there. Main event, obviously, we can talk about that as well, but I just thought overall this was just paced very well. Matches that, uh, that kind of stuck out. I thought the Creed's were a team that I thought was going to go to the main roster, and I was excited to see them go to the main roster. I'm just now really starting to see them in tag team matches. I'm loving them. That that finisher where uh, Brutus comes off in that little ball, and he just it feels like he's just going to jump over the dude, but he basically clips him on the way. Sweet finisher. I love that shit. Um, they're, Lyra, they're ready for prime time. At some point, yeah. Lyra Valkyrie beats Dana Brooke. Nothing much mentioned there, but you see Dana Brooke's heel turn. I love the fact they're not even trying to make her a baby face anymore. Fuck it. The NXT universe don't like her, then we're going to flip her heel. This close to flipping heel, it's just a matter of time. Like I said, for me, I thought NXT was was a, another good show. I won't say it was the best show of the week, but it was really, really good. Well, let's ask, let's let's go to that main event because that's the that's the big story coming out of this. We had Becky Lynch versus Timothy Stratton. Timothy Stratton coming in with the belt. Becky Lynch going for the belt that she's never won. She is the only one of the four horsewomen who is not the Grand Slam title holder. Uh, so a win would make her that, and she beats Tiffany Stratton in what I have to say was the best NXT women's match since those women have been down there. I mean, that match was really fucking good. Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton, buy some stock in her now. Uh, Zach, what you think about the main event? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great match. It was one of the best like women's matches in WWE this year, and it was that with a relatively green Tiffany Stratton. Like, I don't think any of us have any illusions to 
the fact that she's not going to be a star, right? Like she's, she's got twenty four look. Yeah, it, that's insane. Like she's got the look, she's got the confidence. She is like a legitimately fantastic athlete. The only thing she needs is time, right? Just like anybody would need time honing a craft. And usually, whenever she does these, she's in with less experienced workers, and she's in like practicing stuff in the performance center. I'm sure. Like, I can't imagine Becky flew to Orlando to practice this match like a bunch of there. I imagine, like, you know, I saw Becky calling shit in the ring. Like, Becky's, like, kind of ring general in this thing. And they went out and they had an awesome TV main event. It was legit. Um, she's absolutely going to be a star. And her losing to Becky Lynch, uh, you know, I was very pleased with that because, look, going into this match, you're just like, uh, you know, Becky ain't coming down there um, to job. But she, you know, at the same time, like, it's WWE, so you have to, like, think, like, oh, we could get a, a bullshit count out or DQ or something like that, and that would be whatever it is. But we didn't get that, um, and now we're further in the story, and uh, I, was, I was into the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. Jason. Kiana James is who I was expecting to come out and cost Becky Lynch the match. Ultimately, that didn't happen, neither here nor there. Um, Tiffany Stratton is a part of the reason I started to, you know, come back to NXT, Braun Breaker, Carmel Hayes, guys and girls of that like Liar Valkyrie. Um, so in this scenario, it was going to be, this was the ultimate litmus test. This was somebody that was coming down to NXT of name value. Obviously when it's time for her to go to the hall of fame, she goes in right away. And, Tiffany Stratton just was just as good as Becky Lynch. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That swanton should be literally how you do a swanton. I know Jeff Hardy does the shit, and he's famous for it. When she did that shit, it looked like she was up in the air for so long and just hung up there and just beautifully went down. Same for her uh, You can definitely tell too. she was a gymnast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, that the athleticism stands out. A lot of her reminds me of Charlotte. That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. At some point, those path, that path will cross. I would like to think so. And uh, we can cross that bridge when we get there. It's not even really more about, about Becky Lynch. I kind of thought that this was going to happen if it wasn't. Like I said, Keanu James was going to be the out. For me, it's more about Tiffany Stratton. She passed the test of something that w- was going to be talked about if it went left, she was going to get the blame for it. In this case, it didn't go left. It was a great main event. It got over a million viewers, on you know, or whatever the case may be, Nielsen rated-wise. So, I mean, it obviously did the job. It got both girls over. Becky wins the title. It's win-win. Okay, it's – I thought it was super endearing. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, like, as soon as, like, the one, two, three, I saw Becky, like, roll over and, like, say something to Tiffany – and like Tiffany like responded like I can only imagine, you know, that like losing to Becky Lynch who was legitimately just a couple years ago, not just the hottest woman star but like the biggest star in all of professional wrestling. Like that was she that main evented WrestleMania. Her. her hand was held high at the end of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, not much more you yeah. can say than that. Um, you know, all credit to Tiffany Stratton. I think that you guys said it beautifully, and I chimed in, but I'm going to disagree with Jason. I'm going to say this is about Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, um, she went from 
somebody who this podcast, and I know that we're a bunch of smarks, and I know that we're a bunch of jagoffs, and are, I'll speak for myself, but I know that we uh, we tend to like a certain type of wrestling over uh, another type of wrestling. And I'm not talking about women and men's. I'm talking about, you know, we like work rate stuff. We went from not talking about Becky Lynch at all, almost at all during her feud with Trish Stratus. And then we gave them a ton of credit for what was legitimately a fucking really great cage match between the two. And now Becky Lynch won the NXT Women's Championship. And this is exactly the way that they should use the roster coming down to NXT to moonlight sometimes. It's exactly what they should have done with Becky Lynch also. This is a shot in the arm for her character. She's one of those people that is just better holding the belt rather than chasing it, if you ask me. Like, give her a belt and let her cook. Uh, she's a really great, confident, baby-faced champion uh, character. And, I mean, what a week for her. In 10 days, she had two of probably the three best women's matches in WWE this year, if you include uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. So kudos to Becky Lynch, and now she's leading off BFR. I mean, what's a bigger what's a bigger moment in her career? Is it winning the main event at WrestleMania, or is it being in the one count and the focus of the one count on BFR? I'll leave it up to you guys, but I think everybody knows the answer. Motherfucker, you ain't said nothing but two words. Uh, let's jump over to SmackDown. Um, Charlotte and Shotzi beat EO and uh, Bailey, and I don't even want to talk about that. That's just so weird that Charlotte's trying to be shoehorned as the babyface. Uh, for me, this is really about three stories uh, with uh, SmackDown. I want to jump down a little bit, just the one, the one that's a quick one is what I would still call them the Hurt Business until we get them a name versus Judgment Day. I like the fact that you have Lashley still being the mouthpiece for these three guys, and he doesn't have to say a lot, but he's still making his point. You know, the stare down with Damian Priest is a little bit of foreshadowing because at some point Roman Reigns is going to drop the title. Who he drops it to, we don't know yet. Still probably uh, Cody Rhodes, but Damian Priest, obviously with money in the bank, and Bobby Lashley is a legitimate title contender at any given point, no matter who it is, whether it's Cody or Roman Reigns. Uh, when Lashley said that the bloodline is crumbling and you had both sides kind of staring each other down, one of these two sides are going to take the bloodline spot whenever the ultimate demise of the bloodline happens. To me, it was intriguing to watch these two factions kind of jockey for position, especially the Lashley faction, because like I said before, they're they're quietly just doing their thing. You know, I was kind of surprised that Finn and uh, Damian Priest beat Street Profits to the tag titles. That's neither here nor there. I think it, that would be another story for another time. We could tease that if you want to tease that. But for me, this was one of the interesting things about SmackDown is the jockeying for position. Which faction is going to be the next to take over after the bloodline demise? Zach, what do you think about the Street Profits of Bobby Lashley? I think it's a money stable, and it's also nice to see we've had a lot of um, – what do you call it? Uh, Judgment Day versus uh, like Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens. Same thing. That's pretty much like Raw every single Monday. So sprinkling a little uh, hurt business or whatever you want to call it, and hey, maybe you got yourself a suit going. 
Hey, motherfucker. <laughs> they ain't all looking like, God damn it. <laughs> you, saw what it you saw what happened when they let Swerve go hit Rollins just basically eating pins left and right. God damn. Oh, man. Swerve would be a great leader of a faction with Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. You talk about money. Swerve should just come back to Triple H tomorrow and say, What up, turd? <laughs> Pay me some more. Pay me some more money. <laughs> just, just call himself the uh, the nation of defecation. <laughs> Man, uh, nah, y'all motherfuckers, wild, dog. Jay, or Zach, what do you think about? The, you think they're money? Are they heels or baby faces? What should they be? I think uh, they should be heels because it just represents. It gives uh, street profits uh, like character room to grow. And uh, but you know, there's a lot of gray area in modern wrestling. They'll still get cheers and stuff, but I think them playing heels, like cocky heels, is a good thing uh, to grow their characters, and then they can have like a bigger babyface turn, and then they'll be even more over when that happens. What do we think about the Paul Heyman L.A. Knight conversation that happened backstage, Jason? What did you make of this? Intriguing. I. D I mean, there's only really couple ways you can go with this, okay? Jimmy coming back, and I'm using this in quotations, coming back to the bloodline, can if you want to go that route and actually have L.A. Knight chase, you know, Roman Reigns, you're gonna have gotta have somebody eating the pins. That's Jimmy. At that point, Solo is basically protected. I don't know if you even want to even fuck with the Roman Reigns thing. For me, you, you just don't want to fuck with it. Um, it's it's intriguing for me. Like I said, I just thought this was going to be the chase for the U.S. title. Now you you know you've made things a little interested. You might have bloodline connections or at least crossover. How you want to call it? I don't this know. Might sound insane, and you can go ahead and shoot it down insane if you want to, but. Since Daniel Bryan, we've had Kofi Kingston. We've had uh, uh, Cody Rhodes last year. We've had these long-term stories that they try to tell to get somebody super hot right when WrestleMania comes around. They're trying to recreate the Daniel Bryan effect, basically. They did it with Kofi Mania. Um, there's somebody else. Oh, I mean, Sami Zayn last year was a good, good thought, too. Uh, is there a chance that they are planting some early seeds just to test the waters to see what an L.A. Knight Roman Reigns WrestleMania match looks like? Zach? I absolutely think that that is a phenomenal Royal Rumble main event uh, because it keeps L.A. Knight out of the Rumble and people would be bummed if he lost. Like, that'd be a big... If, if he still is hot then... Uh, people would be bummed with him losing the Royal Rumble. And uh, also the Royal Rumble, the draw is the Royal Rumble match. It's not necessarily the main event, um, but Roman should still be on that show. Uh, so I think that would be a, a fun, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see that. Somebody put their booking hat on. Jason, what do you think? No, uh, I was... That's where I was kind of going with this. Roman and L.A. Knight could meet for the title, and if it would, it would have to be on a major show, Survivor Series or 
Royal Rumble. You're not going to give it away on payback. I don't, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Obviously, we've had payback, but you get my point. Um, Royal Rumble sounds like the perfect spot. So that way, like you said, for me, unless Cody goes over to SmackDown, that would be the easiest route. Otherwise, if he stays on Raw, winning the Rumble would be the next easiest path to get back to Roman Reigns and get, get the rematch that we think is going to happen. Outside of that, Roman's got to have contenders. LA Knight works. Um, okay, so I know you, you guys always have a problem with this, but we're going to try it, okay? I'm just going to ask for two words or less, okay? Just so you know, this is three words. What up, turn? <laughs> so I need less than that. Who does LA Knight fight at WrestleMania? Zach. <laughs> Zach, are you on mute? No, I'm just thinking. All right. Well, it's, it's an yeah. audio medium. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. You said two words or less, so I thought I could come up with it. If you, if you were sitting here, well, two words or less. Jason. Oh, she's Louise. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a good one. I was oh man. Seth Rollins. You is really put strong. a nigga on the spot. God I know. damn. Seth Rollins. Fuck. I didn't have an answer either. I was just okay, so a, how you gonna? I'm just being a dick. I'm gonna say uh, The Rock. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Stop, guys. Guys. Oh, <laughs> I actually Logan like Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was you. thinking Solo Sokoa, but I just think he's just gonna be in some. Of the, I don't know. You know, it's too far away to even think about. Uh, what else we got? Um, he could fight Logan Paul though. Sometimes be really fun. And no, I think and their paths will cross. And if it happened after, you know, you don't want to beat him before he would maybe contend for Roman. So yeah, uh, that could be fun. Just a promo battle to set it up. What else you got, Jason? Uh, we talked about Heyman and L.A. Knight, which is uh, the second thing I want to talk about. Third thing, obviously, being Jimmy Uso and his seemingly w- w- returning back to the bloodline. I didn't. I don't want to agree with Three Beard just yet about the bloodline uh, storyline jumping the shark, but this. The Jimmy portion of the story, Jay, I think we're going to talk about in a second. Jay, I think, is back on track. They're getting that part right. The Jimmy part just doesn't make fucking sense. Okay? Well, they're just the on Jimmy their own. Now. Always been the problem. The Jimmy part's always been the, like him pulling Jay out. Like it's this Jimmy angle is the problem. Yeah, he's right. I mean, Jay's always been the more interesting one. Jay, Jay was always the one that didn't like Sammy when everybody was turning towards Sammy. Jay was the one that turned towards Sammy when everybody turned against from Sammy. I mean, Jay's the one who's had oh, okay, the three so, main events with Roman Reigns. Okay, so I'm, Jimmy's the one that can't go to certain countries. <laughs> Let's play devil's advocate. If Jimmy was the one that was getting the all this push, would we be saying the same thing? I mean... Well, I mean, do you think that Jay's – I guess that's just a question. Do you think Jay's a better performer than Jimmy? I think ultimately 100%. we're getting – I think we're getting ready to yeah, find out. Yes. We're getting ready to find out because this is going to – if we're going to end up getting Jay and Jimmy at WrestleMania, then they're obviously going to have to take their separate paths. A part of this separate path in this scenario is 
crossing paths with AJ Styles after disrespecting Mia Yim, AJ Styles, and um, Jimmy Uso have the main event. Jimmy, with some help from Solo Sokoa, gets the dub, neither here nor there. At some point, Jimmy is going to have to have these high caliber matches that Jay has had. Otherwise, we don't we can't answer that question is who's the better performer. Well, when we talk about the, the bloodline story jumping the shark, I think with the benefit of hindsight, we can say that it came really, really close to jumping the shark. They were they were sizing it up and they were getting ready to jump the shark <laughs> and they pulled back right at the last second. If they would have kept going, them separating the, the, the two brothers, it's the best move they could have made. Because they really yeah, had, mean, it was just too intense all the time. It was just bloodline, bloodline, and every single fucking night, every single fucking Friday, it was like this big operatic fucking, you know, drama, and they just, they couldn't sustain that. They sustained it for a really fucking long time, too. Great. But this is the best move. So they left a little bit of meat on the bone to mix metaphors. Yeah, and you separate Jay from the rest. And it keeps it, it, by separating it keeps them fresh, and they can eventually build up to that WrestleMania match where, you know, they can. They've already established themselves as like, I mean, pretty much one of them's going to eliminate the other one from the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Jimmy eliminates Jay. Something like that. Yeah. That's how you. Yeah. Get, that's and, how you get the heat. Jay is stupidly over. Stupidly over. He's uh, I mean, the that next pop, that pop when big he came out superstar for WWE. When Raw started off with his music, that place went fucking nuts. It almost sent, I I don't know if they're still piping shit in, but man, that place went nuts. So yeah, he's over as fuck. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Jay's the the Bret Hart and Jimmy's the Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Like they're both really good, fantastic, like legendary tag team, but. Jay's just got that it factor. And I gotta say, that is disrespectful as fuck to Jimmy Uso. Well, I mean, he's half of the greatest tag team in WWE history. Yeah, but he's... But he's better than Nightheart, though, right? Like, way he's better? better than Nightheart. I'm just saying, like, you know, that was just the best example I could come up with, because most of the tag teams, um, you know... You could say he's the the Genetti, but that seems even ruder. What's another, what's another <laughs> that, is ruder. <laughs> that is ruder. Yeah. I was trying to be I was trying to be nice about it. Like, what is he? He's the you know, I I could say he's the uh, the he, Xavier Woods. You would think that's even worse. He's mm-hmm. the he's the Edge in Edge and Christian. There you go. <laughs> Christian's Jay, Edge is Jimmy. Man, come on, dog. Come on, man. See, I'm sitting right here. You, you just did that shit to piss a motherfucker off. Let's jump on over to Raw, where you had Jay opening the show. Like I said, huge pop. I'm, I'm a firm believer he's going to be the next big superstar. He's in line for it. The crowd loves his ass. They are solely, totally behind him. If it wasn't for Roman having one title, Jay could easily be the, the other champion if you wanted to go that route. Um, KO comes out to confront him. I thought this was another good use of KO without Sammy being around. So that way you could have them team up against Judgment Day and continue this nobody trusts Jay uh, angle that they have going on. Jay, obviously. Weekly storytelling. Yeah. uh, And you pulled Sammy out. You know, even if he's not, you know, in kayfabe style, he's hurt in kayfabe. 
But in this scenario, you can easily pull him out to further the Jay Uso storyline. I thought that was a good, smart move on that part. Obviously, KO kicking or getting kicked by uh, Jay to set up the pin continues the who can trust uh, Jay storyline. Drew McIntyre catches Jay Uso backstage. He's getting a piece of Jay next week. So immediately coming right over, Jay Uso is getting his own storyline and getting the matches that Jimmy's not getting. And that's the only reason I'm saying that I would agree right now, Jay is the better performer because he's getting matches that Jimmy can't get at this point. Zach. Uh, yes, I love this. KO sells the story really great, and he's also just very funny off the cuff. You know, they, you know, he sold the the whole story really well. Announce the announcing sold it really well too, because they're talking about how oh, you know, Kevin doesn't t- trust Jay, so they kind of explain they, they hit you over the head with it because they expect the audience to be dumb. They're like, oh, he's nobody's going to believe that that was an actual accident, and like so on and so forth, but. They get backstage, and he's like, why don't you just go, go to your new bloodline? It's called the Judgment Day. He's like, why don't you dye your hair purple while you're at it? <laughs> just fucking lay it in. So, so good. I'm not uh, going to keep this up for a lot of weeks. I'm not going to start on KO because I'll just never finish. <laughs> yep. I, I just love him. I love him so much. Um. Gunther's IC uh, celebration uh, started at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. So, obviously, now Gunther is the longest-reigning Intercontinental Champion. Who's next for Gunther? Seems like it's still going to be Chad Gable. I don't have a problem with this. I wouldn't even have a problem with Chad Gable actually taking the title off of Gunther at this point. Whoever takes the title off of Gunther has to be someone to benefit off of it. It can't be Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre doesn't benefit off of it. It makes sense if you wanted to do it. But right now, Drew feels like he's getting ready to go ahead and flip heel and then hopefully chase Seth Rollins. We'll talk about Shinsuke Nakamura in a minute. I'll tell you what, man. If they transfer this energy that they have with Gunther to Chad Gable, it's going to be the the most surprising, good I surprising, think it's going to happen. Good surprising booking decision that WWE's made since we started this podcast. I think it's going to happen. I really do. I mean, I've been so high on Chad Gable the last two years. It's even been called the Chad Gable Underused Beefer Award. Um, <clears throat> I would love this so much. Zach, I assume you're against it. No, just fucking around. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. As soon as, soon as Gunther crossed that, that line like Shoeless Joe Jackson, it was time for him to end the title reign because he did the thing, and now it's about passing that torch in. I mean, Gable, my my idea is not going to happen. Um, I would love for them to send, like, Tyler Bate up and for Tyler Bate to beat him and then just make a new star one day. He's heating up! Mm. But, but Chad Gable's the next best thing, and we can uh, re rename that award to, like, um, I don't know, who, who, who would it be? Maybe the Tyler Bate Award. W- Wardwell. Uh, <laughs> I like Tyler Bate. Well, you know, you know what they say, though. That's our man in Portland. That's Zach, 5'8", 250 pounds. Big fan of Monday Night Raw. That's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> what, else, what else happened, Jason? Uh, man, Shin- I w- I'm just, I can't emphasize it enough. 
how much I would enjoy it if Chad Gable wins this off of Gunther. It would just be tremendous. I think I really think it's going to happen. Uh, another great uh, Shinsuke promo. Um, Dragging that, I wouldn't say dragging it, but extending this feud out with Seth Rollins. Obviously, they're going to go round two. It's still just a matter of when and where. Beating up poor Ricochet, I feel bad for Ricochet. It just feels like, you know, we've seen his ceiling, and now, you know, he just, when we need Ricochet, let's bring him on down. Let's kick his did ass and let's put him back on the show. Did they even say his name? Did they even say his name? Who, uh, Ricochet? Yeah, when Shinsuke was beating up Ricochet, did they say his name on the broadcast? I'm pretty sure. Because I was like, who is that? They're just, be- like, I don't even think they said Ricochet. I'm I'm pretty sure. They I'm not. Did. Okay, okay, I was going to say, right. I would be stunned if they did. You didn't really see his face. Uh, well, I mean, it would, it seemed like a it seemed like a really weird place to use ricochet, but I mean that's just me. I guess. No, the week before uh, the match ended in DQ because Shinsuke hit him with the chair. So now here's the week later. You're just using the same guy, unfortunately, same patchy to to beat up for Shinsuke to make his point. You know, before this it was Logan Paul. Go ahead. I hate I hate this story. Like it was so good up until the match. And then now you have a babyface champion begging for a match to a heel contender, and the heel contender just wants to beat up on a fucking jobber every week. He's denying the him the story. fight, though. He's denying the babyface what he wants. And the babyface knew that the heel had his number, that the heel knows his weakness and knows how to expose it. He got away with one at the pay-per-view, and now the heel's calling him out. Just, I mean, it's just stupid babyface shit, but it is, it, it, like, the story. When you said it right there, I was like, oh, that is stupid. But I haven't thought that it's stupid watching it once. I totally get your point. I haven't liked it at all because he just, last week he was like, no. And he's like, you know, he denied the babyface here. And then he's like, but I'll wrestle Ricochet. <laughs> that? Like, I don't know. It just seems dumb. Well, the, uh, the, the oh, and and I'm not even trying to defend it, but to kind of just you know, here's the connection. Ricochet was like, "Hey Seth, why don't you take a night off? You know, you don't have to wrestle all the time as you know, world heavyweight champion." And then that's how Ricochet gets in the crosshair. I just, I just think that the if the point of the story was that Nakamura got in Rollins' head, he's in his head. Like, if that's kayfabe style, if that's the story, like, I think that they're telling that story. Now, if you think the story is stupid, that, that's a, I guess that's another thing. But if it's a stupid well, story. Well, getting in his head is, is good, but now it's proven that he's in his head. Like, it capitalized on it, right? Like, Yes, Nakamura needs, Nakamura needs to win it. I, I agree with that. And I I hope that he does. Interesting. Um, main event, obviously, revolving around Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez, round two. Um, they did basically the same setup they've done with NXT last week with uh, Gunther and Chad Gable basically building up to this main event. Um, I didn't think this was a, a, a great main event. It was good. Um, just still feels like Raquel Rodriguez is – just still a year away from actually being this champion. I think they see her to be the physical tools are there. I just think it's just Rhea Ripley's time. But obviously the big story coming out of this is the <laughs> returning Nia Jax to 
beat down both up, women um, after the match <laughs> and come back to the scene. Um, I was honestly, I was, yeah, yeah, that was kind of my, you know, me, my knee jerk reaction seeing Nia Jax uh, coming back as the uh, the swerve line from Wednesday night. I'm just, I don't get it. I think you already have a monster heel in. Rhea Ripley, if you're bringing Nia Jax back to face Rhea at this, because I'm assuming that's kind of the way we're leaning at this point. I don't think that's really necessary. Uh, I think you have your monster heel with Rhea Ripley, but we'll see what happens. I'm clearly not excited. I'm I'm with Bill. I, I pray for these women because every time you look up, Nia Jax is hurting somebody intentionally or otherwise. It doesn't so. look like she learned her lesson either. Uh, Zach, what do you think about the re- return of Nia Jax? I I'm not like most <laughs> I just did that for Tinder because I know how much he hates that song. Oh, I hate it so much. I'm not tender either. I don't either. have any positive feelings about it. I do think if you're going to bring her back, just bring her back on SmackDown because you had like just have her wrestle EO like because EO is very small, Nia is very big, and have EO beat her, and it helps cement EO's title reign. Like, you have, like, Rhea and Nia. Like, I don't know. You can have Nia dethrone Rhea. That sounds terrible. Uh, I don't know. Nah. I think wrong. No, nah. she ain't dethroning Rhea. Rhea's carrying this motherfucker till WrestleMania. Um Ooh. That's what, I mean, that's what I think. I think they might – what I think might happen, and I – this is not my theory, but Dom turns on Rhea. Nia Jax joins Judgment Day, and Dom starts calling Nia Jax or Nia Jax mommy. My head just exploded. When you, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm officially dead. You're dead to me right now. No, wouldn't that be incredible? No, you're dead to me right now. Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. But people want to cheer Rhea, though. You can still cheer. I'm telling you, they might do it. Man, that's that's god awful. <laughs> I didn't think Dom could get any more heat, but if he did that shit, oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I mean, he'd be made for life. He probably already is made for life, but like that would get him. That would get him so much. That would it would be nuclear. Yeah, this would be, and it wouldn't be Xbox NW- heat. That would be real fucking heat. It would be NWO. They're throwing garbage in the ring type heat. I I would pray for his life. If that ever happened, they better have security close up to him and get him the I guess hell they out could of do there. It. I guess they could do it with Rodriguez, too. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if, if you want to go down this crazy rabbit hole, you just start to dig up. Yeah, you can do that, too. Ra- Raquel actually has uh, a dub over Rhea that sent her up to the main roster when they were both on NXT, which they never really talked about. Latinx. So then, like, the only outlier is Finn Balor. (laughs) He's just, like, saying, he's just, like, just throwing in random Spanish words in a fucking (laughs) Irish accent. (laughs) Come on, boys, let's go back to the barrio. (laughs) (laughs) Have a couple of pints or liters. I don't know what you want that's fucking you boys amazing. want a cerveza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
buenas noches, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> you ain't shit. None of you motherfuckers ain't shit. Unreal. Also, I want to say that I had to make a note of it. Michael Cole has not known what a baseball slide is as long as he's been doing wrestling. He calls it a baseball slide, or maybe a baseball slide in wrestling is not what a baseball slide in baseball looks like. But I just hate when they call it a baseball slide and they just slide on their butt. Like, Maria Ripley's never played baseball. She might have played cricket. They don't slide in cricket. Neither here nor there. You, you get where you're going with it. Um, yeah, yeah, softball. softball. Yeah, softball is probably Ass a, bitch. a better choice of words. Uh, that that basically it. Uh, on at least as far as I'm concerned, on WWE, let's, I missed something that you guys want to talk about. Nope, I'm all good. Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Zach, five eight. 250 pounds. Big fan of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> we'll never get old. <laughs> never. <laughs> it was like you said that to be a drop on the podcast. Two beer, what's the two count? Uh, it is funny because that's just the punchline, but there is a setup. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I know. Uh, also, and on its own because it is, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. Also, um, I definitely fudge my weight. Uh, a little heavier than that. Oh, <laughs> no one's no one's paying attention, dude. No one's paying yeah, attention. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I I shaved shaved some off to sound less sad. There you go. Uh, which is what you would do on Tinder anyway. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so we talk A Dub. Um, it's a pretty fun show because we do have some stuff on the line, but I don't necessarily talk about it for a while. But just to kind of go over it, we did have uh, we opened with a title eliminator which was Penta El Zeromero who defeated Jay Lethal and that was a fine match and then we also had the Young Bucks on Rampage which is cool and in their short time with 2.0 or Menard and Parker whatever you want to call them uh, that was fun and then we had the main event which was Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy uh, Samoa Joe obviously went over but all this reminded me of was Whenever Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy feuded in WWE, and Samoa Joe called him out in a promo for being a drunk. <laughs> he did a promo from a bar <laughs> like a month after. Yeah, he there, a was, there was one line he had that Ooh-wee! was just, uh, I cannot remember what it was, but he had one line in that feud that was just unbelievable. Anyway, it was good. Yeah. I don't remember it either. I was, the I one was that always comes to mind when I think of them two is like, it's like four or five guys are in the ring, and Samoa Joe comes out, and he basically he blisters everybody, and he gets to Jeff Hardy. He's like, you know, hey Jeff, when you know, act like this is an A meeting. You know, when I'm talking, you know, you know, basically, I'm sharing with the group. Just sit there and shut the fuck up or something I like think that. That's what it I was. was like. Holy was. shit! Was I mean, that's, that's the war where I was like. Oh no! <laughs> you need to just be cool for the rest. And I mean, Samoa Joe just murders everybody. It's like Randy Orton, Sheamus, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles, and he just like just each and every one of them. He just comes out and just murders them all on the mic. It's one of the great, you know, promos of all time, as far as I'm concerned. And it shows how great Joe can truly be. Handcuffed Samoa, to good. WWE. Samoa Joe, actually good. Um. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted I wanted to, I want to go back to WWE for a second. Did you guys notice that they kept saying that Dominic Mysterio was barred from ringside? 
instead of banned from ringside. Yeah, they say banned a couple of times. No, they said barred from ringside, which means they got our cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> you stop that shit. They know when they met their match. All right, Zach, go ahead. Gary McDivitt was shaking in his boots. Um, so, uh, AW international title match, Open Collision. Collision was a good show. Uh, John Moxley beat Action Andretti. Uh, Moxley didn't just maul Andretti like he totally could have. He sold. He let the guy have some shine. This was really fun. I really hope that, and it looks like this is going to be the case, that John Moxley is going to continue the tradition of Orange Cassidy and just be a goddamn workhorse and just defend this title on every single show. That's awesome. So he, he won, obviously, but fun, fun curtain jerker. Yeah, Moxley's always there to pick up the pieces when CM Punk goes down. So, <laughs> like, Moxley is, I mean, really. I mean, yeah, that's what they've it done. Really it's the third time they've done it. Where CM Punk goes somewhere, and then John Moxley just is like, "Okay, I'll put the entire company on my back." I mean, he gave Andretti all sorts of offense. I'm not, no disagreement. Um, I said it on Twitter. It he feels sells like, like he's a motherfucker. New, he's the new Orange Cassie when it comes to this title. It's there's certain things I do knock about. TK when it comes to the way he books, but in this scenario... But Moxie's really that for the company, though. Because he's in his prime, and... He, no, no problem with Which this. means he's 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 more valuable than Jericho at this point. Um, I don't know. I just He just fucking rules. No, no problem with this. If he this is, is going to be... MVP in AEW. We got some more Moxie to talk about later when we talk about the PWI 500. If this is the way that we're going to do the title itself, then I think this is a good precedent. So that way, you know, the next, whoever beats Moxley is going to have to know, you know, you're going to have to do some work, you know, defending the title on a night to night basis. So like I said, I don't have a problem with Moxley, you know, becoming the next orange Cassidy or whatever the case may be in, in the tradition of, you know, the workhorse champion. I'm good with it. All right. So we had, um, Chris, Chris Statlander beating a jobber. But the big story here was after Chris Statlander beat her, they double-teamed her, and Jade Cargill made her return and uh, took out not just the jobbers, but also Chris Statlander before walking off. So looks like we got a uh, spoiler alert for those of you guys uh, who have not seen Rampage spoilers for next week. Uh, but uh, tomorrow... Apparently, we get Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander um, for her TBS title. And I don't know if you guys want to talk about it, we can, but uh, Chris Statlander uh, won, and a lot of people are saying this seems like Jade Cargill's farewell and that she might be WWE bound. What do you guys think about Jade Cargill at WWE? Well, I was going to guess that Chris Statlander won because it seems like Jade Cargill's got one foot out the door, if not both feet out the door. Like, I, I from what I hear... From my sources, and I am a journalist. I was going to ask if you talked to your sources. I talked to my sources, and she is gone. She is she is signed with WWE, and she is going that way. So, Jason, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to try not to get mad about this. Um, You're going to get mad about Jay Cargo going to WWE? Can can I finish? Okay, thank you. Um, clearly. 
Jade was being fed to Chris Stantlander. That's that goes without saying. The fact that she came back, the knee jerk reaction was great. You know, now here's another person to feed to Chris Stantlander. You know, neither here nor there. Um, it's crazy how how quickly Jade Wardlow, people of those ilk have have risen so quickly meteorically and now just burnt out some in Morgos case you need to put him on the milk cart and now Jay's being fed to Chris Statlander if Jay goes to WWE I don't have a problem with that I would totally endorse that send her down to NXT let her be the monster hero of NXT run rampant on there and then bring her up a year from now right now it just does not feel like there's any sort of plan or anything for Jade, which if you stop to think about it, it's crazy to think, what, two years, three years, Jade is going to be out of the company and how this whole thing is played out has just been really weird to watch. Just so, I just, uh, I'm done. I'm good. Just go to, go to WWE, Jade. Go do right there. Go to NXT. Triple H and Sean will get you right. I promise. Uh, She was always going to WWE. From the first moment she stepped out in AEW, it's like this is a WWE wrestler. Uh, I got maybe this is a hot take because I see everybody saying that she's going to NXT first. I don't. I think she goes straight to the main roster. I think she is made for prime time, man. She doesn't have to put on five star classics. Hell, she can be somebody's heater on the main roster. And I, I mean, I would watch her versus Rhea Ripley. I think NXT is the smarter move. Man, she is. She's, she's still green. She's too big for that. She's too big to fail. Got to put her. Got to put her on the. Didn't main we roster. just have Becky Lynch come back down? So what's the rush of putting her up to the the main roster? I don't. There, there's no maybe, rush. Maybe, maybe, maybe they put the title on Becky so that Jade can take it off of Becky. Conspiracy theory. Ooh, I like okay, that. Okay, there you go. Ooh. Boom. That would work. I told you. Okay. He put on his booking hat. <laughs> yeah, he did something. <laughs> what you drinking, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm drinking a local Oktoberfest. There you go. Okay, yeah, plug that shit, motherfucker. On on brand. Oh, it's not one of mine that I sell. Okay, never mind. Don't plug that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I would say fuck it, but you drink it, so go ahead. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we had a segment, very fun, uh, backstage uh, with Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston. Uh, It's very funny that the entire story around their beef is that Claudio didn't do a job for Eddie on his way out of the fucking indie promotion. I hate it so ago. much. <laughs> I hate that as the story so much. It's like I don't uh, like when booking becomes part of the story. I mean, I guess I it's I guess it's always part of the story. I guess it's part of the story with uh, you know, when Daniel Bryan is coming up. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. I don't know. I just I, it's like the same way when they when they use when they use res, when they use uh, insider terms when they use shoot terms in promos. I've always, I've never been a fan of that either. So I'm staying consistent on this. Okay, that's yeah, fine. You're it, no, it, it was be, it'd be the same way y'all made fun of me when I said I wasn't going to watch Brock versus Omos. I didn't watch it. Y'all made fun of me for it. I I am not going to judge you for it. <laughs> all I would say, to, <laughs> all I would say to that whole thing is this: five stars. It's not like we didn't know the history about it. We knew. We knew about this before either one of these guys got into AEW. 
We knew that they had beef. Well-covered territory. All Eddie is doing right now is just holding up this grudge like some luggage. Nothing more. That's it. And that's the basis behind the match. Now, sorry to 2 beer. I'm going to hijack you for 30 seconds. To go title for title, that was the surprise. As far as I'm concerned, we admit, we thought this was just going to be for the ROH title. Now, Eddie pushed, you know, basically this is an all-in move, and now this made this match even a little more interesting. We need to set up some sort of AI that takes, like, Eddie Kingston's likeness and his voice and puts it into every Tracy Morgan scene in 30 Rock and just have him say every single Tracy Morgan line. That would be so fucking fire. Can somebody who's smarter than me figure that out? That's the only good use for AI. That would be fucking unbelievable. I do not like this story. I want to watch this match because they had, uh, was that WrestleMania weekend when they wrestled and it was fucking really good? Or who did Claudio fight WrestleMania weekend? But Eddie King's the last Eddie Kingston Claudio match was really, really fucking good. Oh, it was awesome. It was WrestleMania weekend. I was gonna yeah. say after the deals right. I think that Claudio or I'm sorry, I think that Eddie is gonna beat Claudio because it's in New York. The, I mean it's it's Eddie Kingston getting a world title in New York. I think that is a perfect end to Claudio's run. Because what's Claudio doing with it? Like nothing. He's held that belt. He's a great wrestler and all, but like Eddie Kingston is absolutely the guy for to elevate himself and that title. Yeah, I mean, put it on Eddie. Just fucking. I remember a long time ago when Eddie had that feud with Moxley. I asked you guys, "Will Eddie Kingston ever hold the big belt, the AEW Heavyweight Championship belt?" I don't remember what anybody said, but this is kind of a way around it where you, if you said yes or no, you'd be right. <laughs> yeah. You know, because uh, I can see him beating Claudio pretty easily. I can see them putting the belt on him. Agreed. Yeah, and, I mean, alternatively, like, Claudio with a New Japan belt sounds cool. Claudio already said he wants to do one next year, which... Oh, oh, shit. Wait. Oh, shit. Well, oh, I, shit. I, I, oh, shit. I completely missed that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't move, girl. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> I completely missed what he said. What'd you say? Oh, Claudio already said he wanted to do the G1 next year, so oh. I can also see Claudio winning and, and winning that new hand belt. But I think it's I think it's Eddie. Yeah, I think I think Eddie wins. Holy shit! You know, uh, well. We'll talk about the G1 next year, too, or in a little bit also. Uh, what else What else is going on? I need a cigarette. Oh, I got one going. There was, there was, <laughs> there was a, uh, a pre-take with CJ Perry, or maybe that's her name. I know that's her real name, but I don't know what they're calling her, but hot and flexible. Uh, <laughs> kind of just sounds like she's going to come up with maybe somebody to wrestle Miro, like, uh, you know, that was the vibe that I got. So we're we're seeing more of the storyline, but it seemed like Miro rejected her. She's gonna come up with a new young buck, no pun intended, to uh, to beat her and Miro. I don't know. We'll see. I almost feel um, bad for that boy, whoever it is. He about to catch that smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, for the for the main event, we had uh, another. Uh, eliminator tournament, tournament semifinals. So Roderick Strong uh, beat Darby Allen in what was the best match of the week 
for sure. Um, I love this match. This is awesome. Um, just go watch it. Uh, there was so much fun stuff. And afterwards, uh, Christian Cage came out and decided to uh, talk to Nick Wayne again. He's just a menace. Like, Christian Cage, like, like, as soon as anybody mentions that their father is not alive anymore, Christian Cage is just, like, right there on their doorstep. Dude. Uh, ready, ready to either, like, cut a promo on them or court their mom. Like, he's talking about Nick Wayne's mom doesn't have enough bikini pics on her Instagram profile, and he's not wrong, but that's very funny stuff. Dude. Um when he yeah. said this that, great when he said I've been looking at your mom's Instagram profile, I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I was Jesus. like, "Oh God!" <laughs> I mean, just doing work. So God's funny. work. <laughs> this motherfucker yeah, the is great out of on control. Out of control. We don't have. The- we don't have a heel of the year. If we did, he fucking rules. God damn. And if Edge comes over there, it's really on. There was a sequence in this match where they were on the corner forever. And I was like into it the entire time. And then it ended when Roderick Strong did a backbreaker onto like the turnbuckle and Darby Allen flipped over to the outside. And that was such an awesome spot. I loved it. Yeah, but hit his head on the fucking uh, apron. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time for commercial break. <laughs> they worked uh, They worked extremely well together. All right, let's see. What do we have with Dynamite? Where did Dynamite open? I'll give you three guesses. <laughs> Wait, you missed the Brian Danielson promo. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that is newsworthy. Sorry, I was flipping through stuff. Brian Davidson came out and said his career is winding down, much to the chagrin of everyone who likes wrestling. But he said he promises that his daughter, when she turns seven, sometime when she's seven, that he will wind down his career. So he's he's not promising to end his career, but just slow it down. So we had talk about putting him heat on your daughter. Yeah, right. I mean, oh what the fuck, man? He just turned into a massive heel. Okay. <laughs> People are going to be looking for this little girl. Like, what, what, what's wrong? A seven-year-old is in charge of this? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. What about Worst me? Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's still real to me, damn it. So, he, um, he says that he wants to face the supposed best technical wrestler in the world at Wrestle Dreams. So we're going to get He's Brian Davidson up. versus Zack Sabre Jr. And it's going to be four hours from my house, and I'm probably not going to go because I can't really afford it. Shit, <laughs> I like, yeah, looked at tickets, man. They, they 102. I was like, you shitting me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Easy, big fella. Go. I might go, but, like, the thing is that, like, it's like all the hotels are just so fucking expensive. Like, so, just like, yeah. I don't want to get bed bugs. So I'm probably if I go, I'll just have to drive back down that that night, which sounds like shit. But I might do it. But that match seems like it'll be better on TV anyway. But this this show is going to be good because, as we said later on, we got um, we got some show we got some matches for this show here on Dynamite as well. But that that's the one we've been waiting for, boys. So yes, that is the one we've been waiting for. If Danielson is setting his clock at about a year. Uh, about a year, so approximately a year. Is he and he and his first order of business is having a match with Zack Sabre Jr. 
So if he's checking stuff off of his wrestling bucket list, do we get Danielson in the G1? I don't think he's going to do a G1. Yeah, that's that's asking a lot. That I mean, in the dream of dream worlds, I was thinking this match, Okada again, maybe a third time. And I really, think Okada's the Tokyo Dome. I yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the uh, they need a wrestle uh, they need a kingdom match. Uh, that that's got to be in the making they at need, some point. They need one more shot with that. Um, really, from there, I mean. It's now from that point you're going to start putting guys over. I would think you know like, that's all he's been doing. Well, uh, Ricky Starks, okay, prime example because obviously there was plenty of interaction between those two. That's what I'm talking about. You think he loses Elev- to Zack Saber Junior. Zack Saber Junior. is on this run where he's trying to get to 20 title defenses. He's already uh, broken the modern day record for New Japan. Oh, I don't want that to be a 15-minute match. It's going to... It, it's it's a New I Japan... I mean, I t- do. Yeah, I mean... That's for the title? Yeah. Okay, then they're going to... I didn't see that it was for the title. I, I thought it was for the title. If it's for the title and they have a 15-minute match, I don't want it to be a 15-minute match, but, man, if it's 15 minutes, I can't wait to fucking see it. If it's 30 minutes, It'll it's going to be, be dope. Sprint because you know that they both have great cardio. They're both, like, vegan cardio god man so saber jr he's he's having a great he's having where was he on the pwi i got i I gotta see the whole list um but uh these are my two favorite wrestlers and yeah and obviously they've done it but we haven't seen this these two versions these modern day versions i just want to hear zach saber jr call him a dickhead (laughs) (laughs) oh he's gonna call him a dickhead it was it was the match that I wanted to see at the original Forbidden Door. Didn't get it, you know. Fingers crossed this time we get it uh, for Russell Dream. If uh, if I had it my way, I would go. But Zach's probably talking me off the ledge. Thanks, Zach. There are a lot of wrestlers above Zach Saber Junior. that are very questionable. Well, there's one that's not even on the list that's even more questionable. But I'll hold on to that. All right, what else we got, Zach? All right, so Dynamite opened with another AEW international title defense in the best Big Bill match I've ever seen. Uh, John Moxley versus Big Bill. And he's just coming at this big dude. And uh, he really, you know, he's selling for him. He's coming at him. Like, just really worked this thing, like, perfectly. Uh, But ends up, uh, how did this match finish? Obviously. Uh, he won, but I can't remember. Um, did he didn't. Uh, I think he tapped him out. out. Did he yeah. with the bulldog? Yeah, I think he tapped he him out. He did do it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I tapped him out. Okay, because I thought, then I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. So, yeah, he did it. Uh, but, um, yeah, so now uh, Moxley will defend against Ray Fennec. So that's basically the setup for this. But, uh, yeah, a fun match to open Dynamite. Now, more Moxley. Rock, Moxley wrestling, like, Wednesday. Or, you know, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, or even, you know, two times a week. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah, I was going to say Moxley bleeds, Moxley wrestles, all that good shit. Um, obviously, uh, Brian Danielson came out to stop the Ricky Starks fuckery, so that continues their storyline. 
Um, yeah. I'm interested to see where that ultimately goes because a blow off has to happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ricky Starks at Russell Dream cost uh, Danielson that Russell Dream match to really stoke the fire on that feud. On the Big Bill side, um, I remember him as uh, Morrissey, W. Morrissey in Impact, and I thought he was having good matches over there. Uh, I believe he lost the title match to uh, Josh Alexander. Sounds right. But uh, I'm just glad that he's at least getting used in title matches in AEW. I don't want him to go the route of a Lance Archer, per se, because that's one of my guys that I thought they could have been using a little better. But at least Big Bill got some shine in this when he had a good match against arguably one of the, the best wrestlers on their roster. So in this scenario, it's win-win. But ultimately, it, to me, it's still about Ricky Starks on that heel portion of the program and Daniels and what they do moving forward. That is kind of where he's at because he came out to Ricky's music and Ricky right. liked it Right. Title. I was like, damn. Like, hold up, man. Who's having the title match? What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get do throw a motherfucker a bone and have Big Bill's music on. I mean, that damn shit. He getting ready to lose. The least you could do is play the man's music. Yeah, even Taz like said something about it. He's like, hey, like pretty big entrance for an announcer for, for a manager. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, that's my wild. With uh, Roderick Strong, which was good, but uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, Don Callis then uh, came out and he revealed another painting, and this one was Kota Bushi on his knees with Takeshita about to commit murder. <laughs> so we have Takeshita versus Abushi, which storyline is great because of the DDP stuff, and also just that sounds awesome. And if Ibushi can shake his ring rust, because, I mean, he legitimately, he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, I don't know, just because of his lack of focus on one promotion, he, he probably won't be on many Mount Rushmore's, but he legitimately is one of the best of all time, like probably a top 20. And, um, yeah, uh, him facing Takeshita sounds fantastic. So if we get that at Wrestle Dream. I mean, this is a this is a pretty stacked card. So even if I'm not paying for a ticket and driving up there and then driving back that night, like I'll be paying the fifty bucks for this, for this show without any qualms. You kind of stole the what I was going with was uh, the ring rust or whatever it is going on with Kota Ibushi. My the knee jerk reaction when I hear the name, you know, I stop and I think about. You know, matches with Okada, Naito, you know, Shibata, things along those lines. I just saw, you know, a clip, a two-minute clip of him and Nakamura just beating the dog shit out of each other in a G1. I'm just like, man, that's – and now if you give me that, Kota Ibushi, and give me this, Takeshita, now you're cooking with gas. Ultimately, it's just the question mark is Kota Ibushi. What kind of shape is he going to be in? Which Kota Ibushi are we going to get? If we get anything remotely to the guy I described beforehand, yeah, sign me up for that shit. I'll, I'll pay 50 bucks. Was I the only one who was a little disappointed when Ibushi was announced for this feud? I don't know. I just don't think it does Takeshita or Ibushi any favors in terms of the next big match because they're both Japanese. Uh, nobody knows Ibushi. 
Like, Abushi has not been getting the kinds of reactions that you would ex- have expected Abushi to get when we first imagined him coming over to the States and fighting for AEW. It's just, it's kind of been, uh, I, I'm going to say it, kind of been a bust. And so, a chance for Abushi to really show his ass, I would rather him against uh, uh, somebody who is more of a star. I'm going to... Well, Tuber, do you want to jump on this? You you want me to go? No, not especially. Go ahead. I'm not. No, I'm not. It's not going. I'm not going to clown on him. It's by no means. I I just think that you underestimate. What would there be to clown on? I don't know. That I, I just. <laughs> just what, it's, it's not going to be a J Bell rant. Um, oh, okay. Good. I just think you underestimate how many people, especially AEW fans, know who Kota Ibushi is. Now, granted, you know, we all think we could all agree that his in-ring performances since he's come to AEW have been lacking, but... And he hasn't had a one-on-one match. But I think we can all agree that if you want to play the connected dots game, if Don Callis in kayfabe style really wants to go after Kenny Omega, the next best person to go after is his best friend. So in this case... That makes sense. What makes it... Not just best friend, but his golden lover. I mean, he called him a fucking cuck. Okay. I was just like, God damn. (laughs) Whoa. That shit elevated quickly. God damn. I was like, okay. That motherfucker mad, mad. In that scenario, okay. I'm all for it. Now, if you give me the Kota Ibushi that I've seen before in the past, this is going to be a really good match. Don Callis, though. I mean... Oof. Is there anybody funnier? <laughs> that motherfucker been really on think one. That, uh, I think this year we do have a heel of the year award, and we call it the Don Callis Award. He is. That painting, I know you guys talked about it when I was coming back. That painting, that's two in a row mm. that are just I, – I don't know who the – I don't know who thinks that that's the best, like, idea for a joke or a style, but – Give that man a raise. Okay. That shit Somebody's is fucking funny. Okay. It, it's a huge reveal. I'm over here like, who's next? No, fucking who, who the cat's getting ready to whoop on? <laughs> I want Doc Howells to be in like five segments of show. I love it when he just He was wa- in like three. I know. I love it when he just walks up on dudes and just starts saying some weird, <laughs> creepy <laughs> shit, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was Daniel Garcia later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, walks up and starts like, talking I'm, to him. I'm, he aggressively dances like right in the face. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This is the- <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker is wild as hell. I'm like, please, God, please hook him up with Don Callis, please. Dude, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the backstage segments, we had uh, Renee Paquette backstage with Hook, uh, but that was just kind of a red herring uh, to have Orange Cassidy wander into the frame. And uh, it seemed like maybe Cassidy will vie for the FCW title, or maybe Cassidy and Hook will be a tag team. I don't know. Like, they gave each other daps, they propped each other up, and then when Cassidy said my favorite line, which was, I'm just so tired, Renee. And, uh, yeah. That was it. I so, mean, the, like when Orange Cassidy and Don Callis are both wandering around backstage, can we get a camera on them when they wander right by each other? <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker like, OC over here just dragging his ass. 
Don Callis is passing up money every time he passes him. No shit. But, uh, I thought they, they so, uh, I thought Orange was going to do challenging for the title for thirty seconds. I was like, "What is this getting ready to happen?" But I don't mind this. He's like, "I'm going to elevate the FCW title the same way." I elevate yeah, nothing international. Title. I'm just like, dude, like, no way. Be, I legitimately think maybe that's just Orange Cassidy's role in AEW now is to elevate every title to the point where like we just have like seven world titles because Orange Cassidy's just held them all <laughs> like thirty something weeks in a row to the point where he's gotten them all over. Honestly, I like the fact that they're keeping Orange off of TV, at least out of the ring for a little bit to to sell the fact of how tired he's been. He's and he has been carrying this company for a hot minute. I know, you know, Moxley gets a lot of, you know, love, Danielson too, but Orange Cassidy should have get some love as well. I mean, he's basically been a good chunk of the AEW story for 2023. So yeah, if you want to keep him off for a month, I wouldn't even be mad about that. Just sprinkle them in in situations like that. Let me get my giggle in and keep it moving. Spoiler alert. We don't have to be mad because Orange Cassidy is in the top ten. But uh, then we had a four-way because that's the only women's match we know how to book. (laughs) uh, Cody Storm beat Nyla Rose. He had Dr. Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida. And she actually uh, beat Britt. Uh, which was surprising. Um, I feel like I feel like Brett's on kind of like a thing where she's just losing and missing out, and maybe they're going to turn her like heel again uh, because she has just uh, not been very protected here as arguably their biggest women's star and homegrown at that. But anyway, Tony Storm's getting a title shot at Grand Slam against Soraya, and she's a member of the Outcast, and they're doing the whole thing where. Tony Storm's character is phenomenal. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's still in its infancy here, but I am really enjoying uh, it. We'll see what the longevity is like. But, um, yeah, that's going to be the match. What do you think? What do you think, Jason? I'm sitting here looking at the 500, looking for Stallion Rogers, our boy. And uh, Okay, that that gives me Gary time. Gary Jay is the only one, the only local guy that I saw on there. Camaro Jackson's on here. That's what's up. Um, not much to say here. I mean, Tony is probably the the right person to get this thing done. It just, it's funny how we have a whole tournament for the guys' side, and here's a eliminator match on the women's side. We can even do an elimination match where, you know, you got multiple pins and whatever the case may be. You know, they rolled them out seven minutes later. They rolled it back. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, honestly, until you guys just said this, I thought this was a tag team match. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just eliminate the vision, man. Just, just – so the, I don't even know why I'm doing it. this. Like I don't even agree with it. I just, you know, just about it. Got, I got to keep it real, you know. Mm. No, by, by all way, means, women's wrestling. You heard it first here, JCP, No, BFR, no, about no. What did I say? <laughs> no, no, motherfucker. Don't put words in my mouth. Shit, you know my stance to this. I love me some starters. So how the fuck you gonna sit here and talk about abolish women's wrestling? That's this other motherfucker over here talking about. He don't like women's wrestling. Don't put that shit on me. I'm messing with you. <laughs> Did that. I say that one time? Oh yeah, <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> Same show. 
<laughs> Double down on that motherfucker on top of the shit. Get the fuck up out of here, man. Don't be putting that shit on me. He hates women's wrestling. This guy right here abolished the AEW's women's division. Okay, just, there you go. I, There's my I hot had take. Nothing but glowing things to say about the WWE WWE women's roster. Nothing but glowing things to say about it. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you AEW books like shit. Your words, not mine. No, those not, are actually your not. words too. I mean, it's, it's fine. <laughs> right now, that means shit. We're you you right. said it. No, you said it. I'm just look. I just pointed out. Not a priority. That is, I mean, that's what the women's division is, and and AEW is not a priority. Uh, so then we had a very fun segment. Maybe uh, it's like tied for segments. Uh, there was another segment that was very very good, but. I thought this was, uh, as far as, like, pro wrestling shit, this was, like, pretty masterful because, you know, we have the story of just, like, uh, the little sex gods. So I was just really lead, really big lead in there. Sorry, I'm third beer. But um, the little sex gods are talking about Grand Slam. They're going to have a match. Obviously, they're mad at each other. And, you know, they talk about wanting to punch each other in the face. But we had an exchange. We had a video package which I thought did a great job of, like, showing just how far these guys have come together because they've been together since day one, uh, which is bonkers when you think about it with all the turns and twists and everything, just the fact that these guys have been together that long. And also, Sammy Guevara's age, this is, like, they've been together for, like, what, like 16% of his life or something? I don't know. Like, it's been a long time. He looked like such a kid in some of those early uh, – vids and uh, Jericho commented about that and I think this is doing a great job of getting Sammy over as a baby face which he has struggled with uh, you know people don't want to like Sammy Guevara even though I think he's got a great baby face set. it's just that he's just that guy that's got a punchable face and he's easy to be jealous of he's got a hot Brazilian wife and he's young and he's good looking and he's very talented so like nobody really wants to like him and that's a tough a tough situation when you're trying to make money as someone who people like. So um, this is going to be a good match. Uh, I think that they're they're building this one up really well. What do you guys think? Uh, uh, I I will say that this is not the way that I, I expected them to approach this match. It's an interesting way to approach this match to have neither of them play really baby faces or heels or really tweeners it's like they're just kind of guys that respect each other they don't hate each other they just don't really like each other and there's nothing on the line except for pride and it is like a mentor yeah, they're gonna win it they're, they plan to be tag team champions after this match they're just gonna get some yeah, it, and it's a really a, a kind of a unique mentor mentee type match because it's not the standard oh one turns super heel on the other one so uh what do you think jason I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the uh, the respect factor. I think, if anything, it's Sammy respects Jericho versus Jericho respecting Sammy. He had, and he, Sammy called him out on said fact, you know, when Jericho basically said that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to end up beating you. And, and uh, Sammy just snapped and was like, now, see, this is the shit I'm talking about. You know, you don't respect me. You don't have respect for me. So now I basically got to beat the respect out of you and show you that, you know, I'm not that kid anymore. So in that scenario, that's the only thing I would disagree with that. Outside of that, I agree with everything you guys said, especially with building Sammy as a baby face. 
I'm staying leaned into that heel side of Sammy, leaned into it real good. You know, pulled all the little tricks out. This feels like it's going to be an uphill battle, literally, uh, for Sammy Guevara on this scenario to try to make him as a baby face. If anybody can help get that done, it's Chris Jericho. So, you know, it's interesting. This video, this segment has gotten me interested in the match more than I was. I was kind of lukewarm with it. Now I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens. All right, what was next? All right. Sorry, a little bit of uh, scrolling here. Oh, yes. Uh, this next one, uh, if you could. This is kind of like, when I say best segment, it's kind of tied because we did have a backstage segment with MJF. And it is not just the fact that MJF did sign her mask on Samoa Joe, even though the original recipient of Steiner Mask was Samoa Joe. This is very perfect. But also, like, I rewatched this because I was so focused on MJF and I was like, man, he's doing it. And he's, like, saying everything. Just, like, he's doing the exact same verbatim and he's doing such a good job. So I rewatched it because I wanted to see Renee and Cole's reactions. And it was, it made it even better. So I hope that you guys saw a little bit of those. Um, I, I will continue to further uh, expound the uh, the great job that Renee Paquette is doing backstage. She, she is the modern-day mean Jean Okerlund, only just way hotter. Or maybe a little <laughs> less hot, depending on your... <laughs> but, yeah, she's, she's the best at this. And her subtle reactions are uh, really do a fantastic job of selling the ridiculousness of some of these characters. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, too long didn't read. MJF did Steiner math, and it was very funny. Do you think that MJF had cue cards? No. I would say no, just because he's already talked about how he's dyslexic, so I probably would have fucked him up even more. Well, that was pretty impressive. He did it. I would love to see a side-by-side and see how close he was on the timing. I'm sure somebody's already done that. But, yeah, this was, when I saw it, when I finally realized, oh, he's really just going to do the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah, he's doing it. It like was funny at the beginning, and then it was like kind of not funny, and then it got really funny at the end. So uh, <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it's a cheap pop for marks, dude. I mean, that is a really cheap pop. Uh, and. But like he had the uh, you know he had the the thought to uh, just do the whole damn thing. So good for him. I mean, it's funny. He didn't call Samoa Joe a fat ass, which is surprising. But this is true. I was waiting for that part, and it, and that didn't happen. But outside of that, it was pretty much on the mark. The one thing that I took away from this was more so Adam Cole. Um, it was. It's weird for me to see him in a, a supporting cast role. And that's where, you know, no fault of his own. The MJ the MJF shadow looms large and it's gotten larger as he's turned more of this baby face uh character that we see before us. I know I've said that I'm waiting for MJF to pull the trigger and go back to being heel. I think I'm going to have to take that one off the table. Adam Cole flipping heel more and more weekly makes more and more sense. How we get there, I'm not sure, but I'm going to take it back. I think Adam Cole ultimately flips heel on MJF. 
All right. You heard it here first. All right, so we had uh, Brian Cage versus Adam Page, and these guys always deliver whenever they have singles matches. Um, it's been a while since we've seen them, but uh, they always have they have really good chemistry, and Page is, like, just big enough to do, like, really fun stuff with Cage. Um, yeah, I really like this. Uh, of course, Adam Page goes over, and then Swerve uh, Scott comes out and says, What up, turd? <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> we have Adam Page versus Hangman, or Adam Page versus Swerve Scott. I don't know if called Swerve Scott all the time. Swerve oh Strickland God. at Wrestle Dream, which sounds like an awesome match. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I've I've said before, I, I'm a sneaky fan of Brian Cage, man. I think he's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and he does some shit. I know Shivani was going nuts, but he did that uh, German suplex, and Page was on the outside. Uh, it was really impressive shit. He did it into the inside. Um, the the after-match promo by Adam Page was one of those Adam Page wooden-ass promos. And when he came out and, sw- and Swerve said to him, What up, turd? <laughs> that is just the funniest thing that you can say to somebody else to start off a wrestling promo. God damn, dude. What up, turd? Oh, my God. Dude, listen. It's just a thing of beauty. What up, turd? <laughs> that was after Paige was, like, making fun okay. of him and shit. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was the classic... I was I was watching Apollo uh, Rocky Ford the other what night, up, turd? and that was it was like Apollo comes out, you know, James Brown sings him in, and fucking Drago's just sitting there, you know, like Swerve's like sitting there watching fucking Adam Page and you know Brian Cage going this big ass match, and Page wins, he gets the mic, you know, feels like you know he just you know he did something good, and he just you know yeah yeah yeah, You're and then the next thing you know, <laughs> what up, turd? and then right. Everything yeah. from that point on was like, dude, you need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I say, you okay, just... this fight is over. Drago has killed Apollo Creed again. <laughs> I mean, it's really one of the funniest. It's so fucking funny. That is so funny. Keep Hangman away from Swerve uh, I'm on the mic. I'm That's excited. all I ask from this point on. Very excited about this match. Yep. And it, it took me a little bit longer than some other people, but. I am really on this Swerve Strickland train, dude. I am all aboard. Take, let's take this dude to the top. Nigga, this motherfucker is wild. Oh my god, so good. So um, somewhere good. Vince McMahon needs to be smacked, and Triple H is like, fuck, 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 what, fuck. What were they doing? <laughs> oh, dude, for uh, real. Did you? Okay, a couple things about this match. A couple notes that I took today. See, I was taking notes today. Look at you. You like a journalist. I love Adam Page in the ring. His six one nine was it was brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah, do not do let. Not, don't, yeah, stop. Why? Are, why is anybody trying these six one nines? Especially know? you, Ball especially people. him. And the other thing I was going to say is that when Nick and Matt Jackson came out for the save and they super kicked Prince Nana. Oh my god! Oh man, his dancing. <laughs> he went on so long. I mean, that really? motherfucker was getting it. And <laughs> I, I, I guess word has gotten around that uh, your boy can now tell them apart. And I think that Nick Jackson has been listening to the podcast because I always say that I could tell him apart because he's got that LeBron hairline, right? 
Look at you. He's wearing a hat now. <laughs> <laughs> he came out there wearing a hat. You ain't going to keep talking about me on BFR. <laughs> Fuck that. Yep. Came out wearing a hat. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Don't take it personal, dude. LeBron's very successful. <laughs> he's about to say, if you listen to Zach, you the you know you the greatest tag team in the whole wide world. So dude, yeah. wearing, he's wearing a hat now. Like, look at man, stop stop hair shaming that man. <laughs> I can tell him apart now. Nick's the one with the comb over. <laughs> oh, damn, I'll, uh, you almost made me spit that shit out. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. I think Nick Jackson's better than Shawn Michaels. Oh, come on. Stop it. That is, God, man. That is really something. I love it. I love the passion. <laughs> <laughs> Dead ass wrong passion, but I love it. I love it. Wrapping up the, the Dynamite and the AEW, we did have Roger Strong versus Mojo in uh, the final here, and I was really wondering, like, this was going to be one way or the other here. Obviously, it's a binary match. That's <laughs> not new. But uh, I couldn't decide, and, uh, you know, going in, Roderick's, you know, talking about the neck. Joe taps him out with a coquina clutch. He taps out very, very quickly, and uh, Roderick's doing his, like, whole selling the neck thing. You know, that motherfucker hit the ground in. so hard when Adam Cole came out. <laughs> I'm like, man, this motherfucker was it's like somebody shot him. Was like, oh shit! <laughs> and I was like on the ground, was like, ah, kingdoms running around. That's where I think I I was I was thinking it when the MJF segment came on. I was like, man, it's crazy to see Adam Cole be you know you know the sidekick. But then I, when I see Cole, Roddy, and the kingdom together, especially on this final segment. I was like, man, they gonna flip Adam Cole. I just don't. I can't tell when it's gonna happen, but they gonna flip that motherfucker. They gonna lose the tag titles, and then they gonna somehow Adam Cole flips on MJF subsequently thereafter. Uh, didn't so didn't Joe MJF? Says that he's gonna, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, didn't MJF say that? <laughs> didn't MJF say that? He was gonna fight Samojo and he was gonna choke him out. That he was gonna submit he him. He did say that in his in his promo. He said, "I'm gonna choke you." He's like, "I swear on my life, I'm gonna choke you out." Um, How are they gonna so, do that? Uh, I mean, maybe MJF chokes him out. I don't know. MJF's like the most protected wrestler in AEW history. So I know. It's maybe just, he that him just out. that just seems seems like a lot. Seems like they really did put Joe. They really did put Joe over. Here. Not only took out Roddy, uh, but he also took out Cole, and he told MJF he's going to take everything that he cared about away from him. So, uh, I mean, they're playing it up. I mean, just looking at Grand Slam, so we have uh, Soraya defending against Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Title. Over under four and a half minutes. Under. It's still an AEW Women's Title match, so it's on there. Marquis, right? Uh, we had we have the ROH World Champions. Claudio Castagnoli versus the New Japan Strong Champion, Eddie Kingston, title versus title. We had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara. So both titles are on, both titles are on that match? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kingston's winning. And then we have John Moxley defending the international title against Ray Fenix. Mm-hmm. Even though nobody mm-hmm. thinks Fenix is going to win, that's going to be an awesome match. Mm-hmm. And then we have MJF and Samoa Joe, which is a legit pay-per-view quality main event. Like, this is going to be an excellent 
show that we get to talk about next Thursday. That's all. That's, that's all dynamite. next week. Yeah, that's next Wednesday. That's all dynamite for next Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, holy shit! Yeah, it's on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let them cook, baby. Yeah, we should do picks. <laughs> we can do picks. MJF at Samoa Joe. Who you got? I got MJF. Yeah. I mean, I got MJF too. I got. <laughs> no, hold on a second. I got MJF too. All right. What were the other matches? Zach, you called this time. Soraya, Tony Storm. I got Soraya. I mean, I got Soraya. I'm a, I'm, I've stained my pick on the protest purposes. Okay, what was next? Uh, it's not a pay-per-view, so I'm not writing these down. Hey, so exactly, that's why I'm abstaining. So Fuck them. Well, that you shouldn't abstain. Just it's a Fuck podcast. Em. Just give a give Fuck a guess. Fuck them, Tony Storm. Uh, yeah, I, right. I got Eddie, I got Eddie <laughs> Kingston, but man, that match is gonna fucking rip. Yeah, yeah I got Eddie too. That's but, gonna be the curtain jerker too, right? Ooh. You pop a crowd early, yeah. I was gonna say, man, did he just steal your head, uh, three beer? I'm getting it from osmosis. (laughs) I like Eddie too, and I love the fact if you made that the curtain jerker, I think that would be an amazing one. That or or Sammy, uh, Chris Jericho should be the curtain jerker, one of the two. Also, it gets Eddie Kingston's parents home early. Mm -mm, Stop. Stop. Wait, so it's Jericho, Sammy Guevara next week too? Yeah. That's all in a two hour show? Yeah. We getting it in, baby. Woo! That's a hot, hot ticket. Who you got, Sammy or Jericho? Sammy. Jericho. Sammy. All right. Um, any other matches? I think we covered yeah, we've them. Got, uh, uh, they're reanimating uh, Jay Briscoe. It's the Briscoe Boys versus FDR. Yeah, don't be playing with me. Wait, that's on Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> say, don't be fucking with me. Hologram uh, Jay Briscoe. I'm, I'm, I'm sick already for next Wednesday. I ain't coming in. Fuck all that. Yeah, we got Moxley versus Phoenix, but I don't think we oh. need to pick for Yeah, Moxley, obviously. No, but I'll watch, like you said, I'll watch those two guys yeah. fight. Let them cook, baby. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Those are our predictions. Uh, that's a hot show. You're right. That is a pay-per-view fucking show, man. It's it's pretty fucking sick. Minus the women. It's, are some it's of those going to be on Collision? No. The no, only, this is all Grand Slam. Yeah, next, next Wednesday's Dynamite are those five matches that we just talked about yeah. and made predictions on. Yeah. Damn. Damn, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, motherfucker, let's uh, get it on. All right, that was a lot of AEW. Anything else? <laughs> all right, let's get to that three count. I'm going to take that silence as no. <laughs> he probably said something. Uh, so, uh, now that we're done talking about AEW, let's talk about John Moxley. Let's talk about the PWI, <laughs> talk about the PWI 500, which came out. Today, I believe, or yesterday. Yes, it was today. Um, what's notable is that the, I'll read the top ten to you. So number one, you have Seth Rollins. Two, Roman Reigns. Three, John Moxley. Four is Gunther. Five is Vikingo. Six is MJF. Seven is Okada. Eight is Orange Cassidy. Nine is Josh Alexander. And ten is Cody Rhodes. So, my initial thought was, look at that. The Shield at one, two, and three. That's pretty fucking nuts that they had the foresight to pick those three guys and put them in a faction together. <laughs> um, the other thing is, I'm glad that the PWI 500 finally caught up to my fandom of Vikingo. I've been saying for years and years that they need to put him <laughs> higher, and they finally listened to me. 
<laughs> man, I feel like they got there, him at number five. I, there's like a burn mark from last year with the PWI 500 announcement for me. You roasted my ass for Vikingo, but neither here nor there. It was a really funny rant. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> at least we got you on board. <laughs> uh, but my other my other first thought here um, is that this is a pretty good top ten, and it's tough to argue with, especially when you consider. And I know I say it every year. PWI 500 takes into account in-ring work, our in-ring work, how you're booked, basically. So if you're booked stronger, you're higher. It puts into account shoot and kayfabe stuff. So uh, what do you think about this top 10, Jason? Just on the top 10, um, I was a little surprised hearing Seth Rollins being number one, but ultimately when I stopped to think about it, from the time frame that they give, it's not a calendar year. It's not obviously January to December. I believe it's like half the year of 2022 to this point of 2023. Um, Seth Rollins has kind of been that guy when it comes to WWE. Roman gets a lot of the big pub because he's breaking the thousand years or thousand years, thousand day uh, mark or whatever the case may be. So obviously it would be hard to deny him of that. But ultimately I think the inactivity of Roman Reigns has kind of bit him in the butt where he couldn't be the number one guy at this point. So from that point, if you look on the AEW side, um, Moxley has obviously been one of the standout guys. He or uh, Orange Cassidy would have been legitimately either one would have been fine with me being the top AEW guy. Obviously, they went with Moxley. Seth Seth makes sense ultimately. I mean, on a week to week basis, you've seen him kind of elevate with this new character, where literally motherfuckers are singing his song for minutes at a time after the song is over. That's something to be said. Winning this title is something to be said. Defending that title is something to be said. And he's a workhorse. And yeah, so ultimately, when I saw it at first, I was like, oh, really? But then when I stopped to think about it, I was like, okay, this it makes sense. You thought it was going to be Roman? It was... It was going to be hard for me to not think it's Roman until I yeah. see otherwise. I, I, but. Thought, I thought it was going to be Roman. I was surprised. Uh, Zach, what you think of the top ten? Yeah, same. I thought it was going to be Roman. Uh, yeah, surprised to see that. Um, you know, I don't really doesn't Impact fight that, that much. I guess. Yeah, that was. The, uh, they I think had that's them. the only reason. They had the two people, two of the people that were on the panel on. Uh, serious this morning and basically that was the argument against Roman Reigns the biggest argument is the inactivity of his matches matches that were you know big matches you know he you know main event in WrestleMania three times one in three straight main events yada 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 but ultimately him not wrestling a lot same knock on MJF I know MJF is now starting to pick that pace up but in this period that is covered during the PWI 500, you got to remember MJF was not necessarily ready to defend the title as much as he is now. So something to consider. Let's look at MJF being what he is now at, what, seven, I believe you said, right? Let's see what he is this time next year if he moves up or down from that seven spot. But okay, it's so, fine. Uh, I, 
the question has to be asked now. I mean, I I don't think that they're I don't before we move on from this. I don't think that we're making a big enough deal about the shield being one, two, and three. I mean, isn't that pretty fucking amazing that those guys all came in on into national spotlight at the exact same time in a group together? And ten years later, later they're widely considered to be the three biggest wrestlers, the three best wrestlers in the world. That's pretty fucking amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, it pretty much makes it so that they are um, like legitimately the greatest faction of all time. Yeah, like they'll they'll historically go down as the greatest faction in wrestling history. Yeah, it's wild. I don't think it's. I mean. Is it that big of a surprise, though? I mean, honestly, let's... Well, because they're all in different brands. I know, really. but I mean, even, even still, Moxley is is arguably the flag bearer of AEW, okay? Yes. And now you have Roman and Seth, you know, being world champions of their, you know, own respective brands. It's not a surprise. We know well, how... that's gr- less surprising because they're WWE. Okay, that's... That's all- less surprising, the fact, the fact that they that were all in, the fact that they were all in the same uh, faction, only just you know makes it. I wouldn't say coincidental, but just you know adds a little you know spice to a, a story that will always be talked about. And they argue, well, you can say that they're the greatest faction of all time. I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that. Just for right now, it's not a surprise. You could Will Ospreay is probably the wrestler of the year, but. Even still, that was my you, next question. You could still is, is that a surprise that he's as low as seventeen? Considering the time frame, not at all. There are parameters. It's not surprising, but I mean, if you were to do a personal list, like Will Osprey is like so far above and beyond number seventeen. Well, as far as yeah. like best record. If you in do the world. January to, January twenty twenty three to right now. Uh, it's or- Osprey and then everybody else. MJF and Orange Cassidy at six and eight. Um, the Orange Cassidy run obviously helps him out tremendously. MJF um, big wins when he did win. So, uh, well, I shouldn't say Don't big wins. Being above MJF is surprising. Honestly. Not at all. I have no problem with that. Zero. I'm not saying I have a problem with it. It's kind of surprising. Like, right. It's activity. It's activity. Every yeah. time you looked up, because there's, you know, wrestling somebody, I mean, damn. MJF had a hell of a year with a bunch of big matches. Not in that time frame. I get what you're saying. Zach's just saying because it's a heavyweight belt and Intercontinental is not the biggest belt on its promotion. Um, Orange Cassidy at eight. Yeah, I mean, I love that. Fucking love it. Um, okay, so Zach. I bet you, he loves it, too. Zach, you were making it. He doesn't care, dude. <laughs> he doesn't. At uh, all. Um, so Zach, you made it sound like you think that Sonata being at eleven is kind of a direct slight, like it was on purpose. Well, it just seems like very sus because it's number eleven. <laughs> like, you know, uh, it's just like, hey, you did not make the top ten uh, by one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's also kind of like a microcosm of his title reign, right? Like. He's done a really good job, but he's not that guy, and he's not on that list. And Okada, I mean, Okada's above Orange Cassidy, which, like, you know, he didn't, like, hold titles 
or anything. He's just no. he's just Okada. Yeah, they just love him. Uh, so there everybody was everybody does three New Japan guys in the top twenty. It was Okada and Sonata and Will Osprey, and then you don't see another one until twenty seven when you see Takahashi and Kaido. Uh, or sorry, Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu is twenty seven, and Kiyomiya from Pro Wrestling Noah is twenty nine. Um, and the, uh, another big surprise here is that Sami Zayn is number twenty two, and Kevin Owens is number twenty one. I guess they don't take into like exposure, but it seemed to me like Sami Zayn had a way bigger year than Kevin Owens. No, uh, they do. They do take exposure into it, and I would. I would tend to agree with you on that. Uh, don't get me wrong. KO is a part of the bloodline storyline, but the big culmination was in Montreal when Sammy had his title shot. So it, it's – it's. I'm sorry. I just got to get this out. Now you know he's not even on the fucking list. He's what? not on the fucking PWI really? 500. No way. Yes, it is a deal. PWI has come out and admitted that there is that omission. I'm sorry. I can't just sit up here and legitimately talk <laughs> about this when the living legend that is the man called Tetsuya Naido is not even on the goddamn list. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, just, I found yeah. that out this afternoon. I was like, dude, what the fuck? That would be like me finding out that Yano's not on here. Yeah, but he better not be on there. Here he is. Dude, that's Here like, he is. Uh, 98. Shit, my ass, he's 98. It's like leaving one of the kids out of the obituary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck do you have a list of the 500 greatest wrestlers in the world and you don't have Naito on the list? Invalid. Do this whole shit over. Dude, they got Nick Wayne at 147. Come on, man. That, that, Naito's rolling over in his grave. Mark Briscoe's at 145. I wonder where Jay is. How does that happen as far as, like, just even clerically? Like, uh. BWI said it was an omission on Twitter. Oh, dude. I'll let you tell it. Omos is 174. What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, he's above Dax Harwood. Whoa, man. (laughs) Hell no, dude. No. Dax Harwood is 181. Omos is 174. Invalid list. (laughs) Throw this joker in the trash. That kills me. That absolutely kills me. No way. This is a shit. This is a shit list. Nah, it's, it's good to me. <laughs> My ass. Name the last match Omos won. Uh, he won that Battle Royal. Or no, they all threw him out. You get points. It says right here, though, they take into account how many no, <laughs> uh, how many Battle Royals you come in second. In. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> This is pretty wild. Okay. Yeah, this is this is bad pod. I'm just looking <laughs> this, through I'm this just motherfucker looking, over here. I'm just looking through the list now. Anyway, um who's gonna be number one next year? Will Ospreay? If it's not, I'm <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh it's a hit list and the list is gonna keep getting bigger. It's, and then it's Chad gonna Chad Gable. Yeah, he win the fucking IC title first, Chad Gable, then come talk to me. I'm sorry. It if Will Ospreay leaves and goes to AEW, that's going to add on to the list of motherfuckers that have been defeated by Will Ospreay. If it's not Will Ospreay, it's another invalid list. What about Gunther? I love Gunther at four, man. If, if, he, can win the, if he wins the title off of Seth. 
That is bad ass. And then uh, anything nice to say about Josh Alexander? Um, yeah, plenty of shit. Um, longest reigning Impact uh, World Champion, so I'm I'm sure that got him, you know, in this top ten. Just coming back from injury, beat uh, Steve Macklin, who just came back from injury. So if you didn't see that match at Victory Road, that's one to go check out. But, yeah, Josh Alexander is the guy that nobody knows about unless you watch Impact. And uh, it's one of, one of the motherfuckers that, you know, WWE and AEW are ultimately going to jockey for position if you, they can get him at some point. But, yeah, he's the uh, he's the Vikingo of this, this list again. If you don't know who Josh Alexander is, you need to go find out who Josh Alexander is. I'll say that. Vikingo is the Vikingo. <laughs> he's over now and said he's the motherfucking Vikingo expert and shit. Viva la Vikingo. <laughs> This motherfucker. Put that on my shirt. Yeah, right. All right, that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Uh, Teddy Long is 76. Jim Cornette is 62. Gerald Briscoe is 77. I was thinking about all the shit that Vince has been accused of and all the shit that Pat Patterson's been accused of. That Gerald Briscoe's got some secrets, man. It just nobody knows, man. You know that motherfucker got some secrets. Yeah, you got some dirt. Just nobody know about that shit. Eva Marie is 39. Renee Paquette, the aforementioned, is 38. Arn Anderson is 65. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Canadian. 73. <laughs> and Ethan Page is 34. Also Canadian. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours for all of my animals. Check. And my beautiful family. Check. And Tinder Mahal. Check. And Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. And Lucha Chris. Check. And Patriot Pat. Check. For Vice. Double check. For Zach Pullman. For Triple check. Cornelius Bell. Detroit, bitches. Black Lives Matter. Check. Support local restaurants. Check. Support your local weed dealers. Triple check, nigga. And never, ever forget to boo the heel. Boo!